Hello there, you. Good afternoon. Welcome to Thursday's Richie Allen Show. The time is exactly four o'clock here in Salford. I'm Richie Allen. Uh, join me a little bit later on. I'll open the Skype. I'll open the WhatsApp for uh, a few phone calls, I think, today. Why not? Sounds good. I've um, gone on Twitter and on Facebook and on the website richieallen.co.uk and there I have published the WhatsApp number but there are Skype and phone details too. You might want to talk to me today. You might want to. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, been a busy old day here at BBG Towers, but as always, it's nice to finally get to four o'clock and chat with you. If there is an app for the program, download it, send me a message directly to the studio. Failing that, failing that, go to richieallen.co.uk where it says comment live and simply comment live there. I'm Richie Allen then, you know that. Let's get on with the programme. Well, I give you the contact details. I know you know them in any case. Uh, The WhatsApp number, as I said, it's on Twitter, it's on Facebook, it's on my website, richieallen.co.uk. But you can reach me via a landline number and via Skype if you choose to do it that way. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Yeah, 0161 818 2018. Yeah, I know, it's mad. Um, Skype is on the way out, I think, isn't it? I'm finding this increasingly when I speak with potential guests. Zoom is all the rage. I'm not promoting anything now. I am not endorsing any of these uh, platforms, but I might need to get Zoom sorted out here. I've never used Zoom, and I'm a bit of a technophobe, but I might have to do that. But there is a Skype for the programme. It's chat with Richie, all one word. There is no T in Richie. Again, in around about 30, 35 minutes, I am going to open the phone calls, and I'm going to sit there in uncomfortable silence waiting for you to call. I'm not going to say anything. Just going to be like that. Nothing. I'm only joking. I'll have plenty to tell you between now and then. Uh, the WhatsApp number, as I said, on the website, it's 075-659-42270. Reach out to me on WhatsApp. The thing to do, really, is to send a message to me and say, Richie, I want to come on. That's a text message, by the way. Richie, I want to come on. Richie, you're gorgeous. Do you know that? That kind of a message, kind of a thing. Right. Enough of that. Bollocks. Let's um, look at what's making the news this afternoon. They're really squeezing, rinsing, squeezing the life out of the post office scandal, are they not? I can't get away from it. I'm a content creator who spends a lot of time dissecting and analysing the mainstream media output to, to pull it apart and to show how awful it is. But today, yesterday and Monday... Tuesday. I forgot Tuesday, didn't I? It's been post office, post office, post office. Jesus. Well, as I said, right, it, it cannot be nice for those who went through it. I tell you what, if if you've ever been, if you've ever been wrongfully accused of something very serious and it went to court, or if you were wrongfully convicted of something, 
you might want to reach out to me and tell me about it. I'll be all ears. So look, I understand it must be very serious for those who went through it and they must be delighted with the publicity. But give us a break, really, in the grand scheme of things, you know. I mean, let them have their day in court individually where they get to stand alone, not with, you know, a a swoop of a pen and, you know, they're exonerated and they don't get their day in court. Give them all individually their day in court where they receive an apology and some proper compensation and then shut up about it. But, I mean, introducing a new law to give a government the power to exonerate every one of them all at once. Problem is, one or two of these people will be guilty. Maybe they won't be. But maybe one or two people will have stolen, had their hands in the till. Of course, the great, great majority uh, are completely innocent. I'm, don't get me wrong. If you are a former postmaster or postmistress, sub-postmaster, sub-postmistress, and you're listening to this and you want to kill me now, uh, don't, don't want to kill me. I completely understand that pretty much everybody caught up in this is innocent. I'm looking ahead to the future. To give blanket exoneration to a big group of people, it's a bit dangerous in the long term, isn't it? Uh, but they are encouraging these people to accept the blanket exoneration and to take £75,000 each, a lollipop and a kick in the arse. Good boy. But um, about two-thirds of the former sub-postmasters and what have you, they're not happy. Manufactured outrage is a thing these days. Have you seen the headlines in the newspapers? Have you listened to the presenters saying public pressure is mounting? This is what the news will tell you. I know that's terrible language. I know it is. This is what you will hear from news anchors. Drop the W, right? This is what they tell you. Public pressure is mounting. Public pressure, my hairy arse. This is manufactured outrage. The public doesn't give a shit about this. You know, whether or not ITV has put together a really good drama or not, the public doesn't care. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. There's far more to worry men, women and children in this country today than a few hundred people who were wrongfully convicted of stealing from the post offices they were running, which again, I'm not saying isn't serious, it is. But in the grand scheme of things, blanket coverage, you can't get away from it. I'm fed up of it. No more talk of it today. Unless, of course, you are a listener to The Richie Allen Show and you were working as a postmaster, mistress, whatever the bloody hell, and you were caught up in it, in which case I'm happy to listen to your story. But I won't do that fake crying thing that Nicky Campbell did on BBC Radio 5 Live and that James wretched bastard O'Brien did on LBC. I won't pretend to cry because I don't care, really. I do care. Of course I care. Um, An Irish lawyer... An Irish lawyer has told the International Court of Justice in The Hague that the situation in Gaza could not be more urgent with civilians under relentless attack and bombardment. The lawyer in question, her name is Blina Nigrolig. What a name, Blina Nigrolig. King's counsel now. Uh, She spoke during South Africa's case against Israel at the ICJ, the International Court of Justice, at The Hague. Now, she asked the top UN court to order Israel to immediately suspend its military operation in Gaza, where it says uh, Israel, South Africa says Israel is committing genocide against Palestinian civilians. Nowhere and nobody is safe, says Blina Nigrolig. Would you like to hear her? She's got a lovely voice. Let's hear her. The international community continues to fail the Palestinian people despite the overt, dehumanising, genocidal rhetoric by Israeli governmental and military officials 
matched by the Israeli army's actions on the ground. Despite the horror of the genocide against the Palestinian people being live-streamed from Gaza to our mobile phones, computers and television screens, the first genocide in history where its victims are broadcasting their own destruction in real time in the desperate, so far vain hope that the world might do something. Wow, blindly growling. That's very powerful stuff, isn't it? The first genocide in history, where victims are broadcasting basically their own genocide. That said, the Hague, Israel will present its defence tomorrow. The Hague was hearing testimony from a number of lawyers acting on behalf of the South African government. Um, Shall we hear somebody from the South African government then? Sure, why not? Here's a guy called Zane Dangor. Zane is a, is a member of the South African delegation to The Hague. He told RTE's Morning Ireland why, exactly why, South Africa has taken the case. Here he is. Well, I think what we, we've looked at the latest attacks on Gaza. We've looked at the, the gravity of the civilian deaths as, as a percentage of civilians versus combatants. This is the most civilians that have been killed in any conflict over the last 100 years. We've looked at the total devastation um, of of housing, hospitals, universities, schools, all the, the, the means to sustain livelihoods. And we looked at all of this as constituting elements of crimes in terms of the Genocide Convention and also the elements of crimes for genocide under the Rome Statute. And once we called it as an unfolding genocide, we were, uh, we were duty-bound um, in terms of, of the Genocide Convention and, and as a responsible state party to the Genocide Convention to take this to the ICJ to because we, we feel that Article 1 of the Convention enjoins all state parties to prevent or punish um, genocide. And, and that's why we've taken it up. I think it's about it's to stop the killing it's to ensure that we get justice for Palestinians, that we play our role in ensuring that there's talks towards a just and lasting peace for both Palestinians and Israelis. But it's also in, to ensure that we um, abide by our commitments and our duties in terms of international law and the Genocide Convention. So the, the politics of um, being criticized for this, given the, it's something that we, we thought and, and about and knew it, it would come. Um, there's been institutional impunity for Israel for about 75 years. Institutional impunity for Israel for 75 years, he said. Um, uh, exceptionalism for Israel um, in terms of accountability for international law and breaches of international law. And we thought that um, we needed to do what was right. And we will engage with all those who are unhappy with us about what we feel is the principled approach that we've taken on this issue. Yeah, that's the South African explanation for taking this course to the ICJ in The Hague. You're listening to The Richie Allen Show. It is uh, just coming up for 11 minutes past four. Now, Israel has a lot of bitches, a lot of gimps in Western media circles. It really does. It's a bit crude, putting it like that, but it does. Whores, basically. Mouthpieces for hire. People with no souls. People devoid of a conscience, completely. People like Douglas Murray. There is no bigger bitch for the Zionist regime in Tel Aviv than Douglas Murray. What a scurrilous, spineless shithouse of a rat bastard Murray is. He is the scum of the earth. 
He really is. I can't stand him, in case you didn't pick up on it like. Um, I bet you Israel's own propaganda minister wants to kill Douglas Murray for outperforming him. Here's Murray on Julia Hartley Brewer's talk radio show today. Brewer asks him... Can I ask you about what a debate that's going on in the uh, International Criminal Court, though, the International Court of Justice in mm. The Hague. Uh, they're seeing a case being brought the first day today by South Africa, of all countries. You probably have... I mean, just been in South Africa at Christmas, lovely country, but they maybe have their own problems they need to look at before they worry about anywhere else. Uh, but they are This is the illusion of journalism in the West in 2024, the illusion of... Brewer is asking Murray, what does he think about the South Africans claiming that Israel has committed genocide? And in the course of asking the question, she basically says, well, you know, South Africa's got its own problems. It's a bit of a shithole, really. You know, she's supposed to be asking Murray and she's supposed to be playing devil's advocate. She knows what Murray is going to say. He's an Israeli bitch, right? He's going to say, well, of course it isn't genocide, Julia. So her job is basically to say, well, maybe it is. And, and you know, to make it interesting for the for the listener and the viewer, but anyway. They are claiming that Israel is guilty of genocide in Gaza. Now, you've been out in the Middle East, you're, you're currently in the West Bank, you've been into Gaza with the Israeli Defence Forces. You were With the Israeli Defence Forces. Douglas Murray has been embedded with Israeli soldiers. You weren't able to roam freely as an independent reporter yourself. What was that? He wasn't allowed to do what, Julia? Because that's important. You weren't able to roam freely as an independent reporter yourself. He wasn't allowed to roam freely as an independent reporter, yeah. But do you think that those claims of genocide, do you think they have any foundation? If Murray says, yes, it's genocide, I'll give every listener to this programme a million pounds tomorrow. Well, first of all, absolutely not. I mean... Uh, uh, <laughs> As I've mentioned to you before, Julia, I mean, the population of the Gaza has grown by almost a million. The Gaza. I, I've looked at my, I've got a globe because the world is round, dearest listener. I have a, I'm some shit stirrer, I know. I have a globe and I've looked for the Gaza and I can't find it anywhere. In the last uh, uh, 16 years. So it's a very strange type of genocide where the population actually... Do you hear this bullshit answer from Murray? This is incredible. Listen to this. She asks him, is the South African case legitimate? Is it genocide? ...of the Gaza has grown by almost a million in the last uh, uh, 16 years. So it's a very and he says no, because the population of Gaza has grown by a million in the last 16 years. That is the most wretched, redundant, ridiculous answer I've ever heard by a correspondent to a show. What the fuck difference does it make how many people Gaza grew by up until October of 2023? It doesn't matter, does it? Again, she should interject here and say, stop, stop, stop. doesn't matter what the population is. It's 25,000 less now than it was in October a few months ago. So again, is it genocide, Douglas? Strange type of genocide where the population actually increases. Uh, uh, but the population hasn't increased since October, dickhead. You scumbag. It hasn't increased since October. In fact, it's going the other way. Not only have 25,000 died, but tens of thousands have fled into Egypt. Some of them paying $10,000 for the privilege. God, Brewer is crap, isn't she? You mention, of course, uh, the, this, this preposterous action by the South African uh, government. Uh, if you go to South Africa, as I have been, uh, you'll find that... Here comes the ad hominem attack now. Do you understand what the term ad hominem means? Ultimately, it means that your opponent, you do not take on the merits of his or her argument, but you attack them on some other front. So you attack them personally. 
Okay, that's what an ad hominem attack is. You're about to hear it now. Brewer is experienced enough to stop him and to say stop. It doesn't matter how shitty Johannesburg is. It doesn't matter how wretched the politics of South Africa are in 2024. That doesn't matter. They have accused the Israelis of genocide. So let's deal with that. But she allows him going to a long preamble about the problems the South African country, the South Africa. The Gaza. Uh, the problem South Africa is is dealing with right now. Listen. You know I mean, the South African, South Africa is one of the most beautiful and amazing countries in the world. And it's one of the most hideously run. Major cities like Johannesburg have massive uh, electricity blackouts. There's massive electricity blackouts. So if you have a blackout in your country, you don't get to determine whether or not the Israelis have committed genocide. <laughs> You've got no say in this. I think it's genocide there. Your bosses don't run on time, you fucker. You don't get to talk about Israel. That's right, our buses don't run on time. Maybe I should shut up and wait until we fix the bus timetable. And then, maybe, only then, can we opine on what goes on in other countries. Maybe. Jesus, huh? It's horrible corruption by the government. Uh, um, they can't provide the most... And she doesn't stop him. Basic. This is Douglas Murray. God, I hate this prick. ...things for the people. And, you know, uh, the terrible violence and much more. And horrible, horrible poverty. What fucking difference does it make? What difference does it make to what's happening in Gaza? Is genocide going on in Gaza, Douglas? ...in the townships. South Africa, however, is... Uh, in its, in its and she says nothing! ...government is profoundly anti-Semitic, has been anti-Israel for oh, years. Oh, fuck, we get, to, we get the anti-Semitic bollocks. Well, if it's criticising Israel, Julia, well, it must be anti-Semitic. And they always do this sort of thing to try to, try to sort of... Uh, distract attention among their own population from the failings of their own government. It's very telling, by the way, uh, Julia, that one of the people who's joined... Julia is still there, just in case you're wondering if she's gone for a piss or to change her knickers. She's actually still there. I watched this on YouTube this morning. She's just not going to interject. No, no. No, this is beautifully put-together Israeli propaganda, and you must not get in the way of it. You must not. Shut up and let him speak. God forbid you interject and say, shut up, Douglas, will you, about the problems of South Africa. Stop labelling people as anti-Semites because they dare to criticise the murder of 10,000 children. This isn't a fucking joke, by the way. Everybody accepts this. It's nearly 25,000 people and over 10,000 children. Do you attend sporting matches? I know I've said this already. I'm repeating myself. I'm going blue in the face repeating myself. Do you go and watch sport at the weekends? Do you go and watch Munster play rugby in Thoman Park, do you? Is that what it's called? Do you go to Walsh Park in Waterford to watch Waterford play hurling? Do you? Do you go to Croke Park to watch the Dubs play Gaelic football? Look at 10,000 people in a stand. 10,000 they've murdered. Children. Blown to pieces. And that guy from London, whose name escapes me, the surgeon, he's a lo lovely man. I don't know why Sky News lets him, you know, lets him on air, but they let him on air again this morning, this lovely gentleman from Oxford who's a, a surgeon, and he's been going to Gaza to operate on people for the last 15 years. And he went on Sky this morning again with Anna Botting or Anna Jones. They're all the bloody same, these presenters. And he told her he's just come back again in the last two days. And he said to her, it's just apocalyptic there. But he's, he must be anti-Semitic to, to be going on air and saying that. It's an apocalypse in Gaza. Bits of bodies all over the place. He said he's seeing people coming in with wounds, the likes of which he's never seen before in his life. But according to Douglas Murray, please disperse, there's nothing to see here, you're all a bunch of anti-Semites. 
this initiative of the South Africans to try to take... I haven't fast-forwarded this point the way I paused it. This is him just droning on about South Africa. Israel to The Hague for a non-existent uh, war crime. Uh, one of the people who's joined that effort is Jeremy Corbyn, of course. And you mentioned... And she laughs at this. Did you hear Brewer's laugh when he says Corbyn? This is an awful thing, but I'm not a Christian, so I'm going to say it anyway. I know it's wrong, and I, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm somebody who is embracing energy healing. I'm embracing a better way of life, a more natural way of living. I've been off the booze now for a couple of weeks. I'm enjoying all that. I'm trying to be a good person. But I hope that Douglas Murray dies in agony of pancreatic cancer. I really do. I hope karma exists on this planet, in this world. Guys like him must not be allowed to get away with this. You know... It's a terrible thing I just said. I'm well aware of it. And maybe you'll know somebody who died of pancreatic cancer. I hope the guy dies in agony. I hope he dies regretting his sins, his crimes against humanity. Because you've only got one job as a journalist. One job and one job only. Say what you see. Say what you see. Put your prejudices, put your opinions to one side. Do not allow yourself to be bought. Do not take the money. Have some integrity. Be able to look your children in the eye and your grandchildren and tell those who would bribe you, no, get fucked, I'm not taking your money, I'm going to say what it is I see. The, the journalism is the easiest job in the world. Re reporting is even easier. For him to do that, he's been out there and he's seen what he's seen. And then to vomit out this Zionist propaganda, I hope he dies in agony. I really do, do you know that? Of the South Africans try to take Israel to The Hague for a non-existent uh, war crime. Uh, one of the people who's joined that effort is Jeremy Corbyn, of course. And you mentioned... She laughs, Brewer. Mentioned, uh, 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 you mentioned, Julia, that I've been in Gaza quite a bit recently. I have. And it's true I've been in with the IDF. It's true I've been in with the IDF, he says. Uh, that, and I haven't been allowed to roam around freely. I've been and I haven't been allowed to roam around freely. Does Brewer say anything? You mentioned, uh, 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 you mentioned, Julia, that I've been in Gaza quite a bit recently. I have. And it's true I've been in with the IDF. Uh, that, and I haven't been allowed to roam around freely. I've been allowed to roam around quite a bit. But one reason why you can't roam around very freely in the Gaza, certainly not if you're a Western journalist. The Gaza. Is because uh, of Hamas. Hamas, of course. Yeah. Do, do you hear Brewer in the background saying, yeah? Has spent years killing and torturing any Palestinian journalist who doesn't support them. Uh, Let's just leave that there. It's 22 and a half minutes past the hour. I know that some of you have designs on making podcasts and on citizen journalism. So maybe you take something out of some of these monologues, maybe you don't. It does not get any worse than that. And by worse than that, I don't mean Murray. Murray is an Israeli stooge. I mean, at the end of that, I'm pretty sure that Bibi Netanyahu phoned Murray on his mobile and said, Douglas, when you get home tonight, there will be another fucking story on your house. Well done, son. That is absolutely gold, right? No, no, forget Murray. Murray's a whore who took the shekel, right? But, but Julia Hartley Brewer, it does not come any worse than that. It doesn't get any worse. It is, uh, it is wretched. Email the programme through the website richieallen.co.uk. Send me a message via comment live. You can leave a message for me on the app for the programme. Download it via Google Play or Apple's App Store. I'd love to hear from you. Now, on richieallen.co.uk slightly earlier, 
I posted an article with a link to the WhatsApp account for the programme. If you've got a smartphone and you're on the smartphone and you've got WhatsApp, which most most people do, you can call the programme very, very, very easily. If you'd like to use Skype or if you'd like to phone the landline, uh, the details are very simple. Here they are. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Right, and if you have a pen handy, the WhatsApp number is 075659 42270. Let me say that again 075659 42270. Doesn't have to be about what's going on in Gaza, of course, it can be about anything. You can talk to me about anything today. Let's uh, leave that for a moment then and talk about uh, the Lib... No, we won't talk about that, the Lib Dems. Well, it's an interesting one. Again, speaking of the media and what has happened to our media, uh, the Liberal Democrats, which the, the party leader is Ed Davey. I will never refer to any of these idiots as Sir... But he, he was knighted, so he's so red, Davy, but not to me, right? So this guy is coming for a bit of criticism because he was the minister responsible for the post office, okay? When people were screaming bloody murder back in 2010, 2011, 2012, they were screaming about the injustice of so many postmasters going to prison. And now, this guy, Davy, in 2024... He's being heavily, he is, has been and is being heavily criticised for doing squat, for doing fuck all, basically, when campaigners came to see him when he was minister responsible for the post office. So he's been criticised in the media. But the Liberal Democrats, his party, are pissed off. They have asked Ofcom to investigate bias in the coverage of the scandal by GB News. Because Nigel Farage, who's got a programme on GB News, yeah, and Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's got a programme on GB News, yeah, they're using their programme, basically, to um, ridicule Ed Davey, the leader of the Lib Dems. They're taking pot shots at the guy um, every evening this week, having a go at him, providing absolutely no right of reply, um, giving you no other side of the story. I've talked about this for too long. The advent of this, how they began to give politicians, rather than ask, rather than hold politicians to account for their crimes and their sins, the media decided, well, we won't do that. What we'll do is we'll give them their own television programmes. Yeah. So um, Lib Dem's not happy, saying that it's ridiculous that Farage, who's um, doing something with, um, is it reform? Uh, they're all the same. These, uh, these uh, centre-right parties these anti-immigration parties, uh, and Jacob Rees-Mogg, who of course is an MP for the Conservatives. We'll leave that one. Um, nanny state is all over the news today, the, the term nanny state, and the, the claim that Keir Starmer, who will be the next Prime Minister of this country, um, that he's embracing the term. Schools will teach children how to brush their teeth and supervise kids brushing their teeth. So schools are going to teach kids how to do it and then they'll supervise kids in the morning according to plans announced by Labour. Labour is saying, look, um, it's impossible to get a, an appointment with a dentist these days, which is true. Um, parents are working really hard, really hard because of the cost of living crisis. Some parents have got two jobs. Some parents have got three jobs. 
Now, Labour doesn't give a shit about working parents, right? But this is what they're saying. They're saying that parents don't have time. You know, the, the, the time is a premium in the morning. So therefore, we need to get the state involved and state schools in teaching children how to brush their teeth. Nanny state, whatever you want to call it. This sort of shit isn't new. We hear it often around obesity and mental health. The Telegraph journalist Tim Stanley was on BBC Politics Live this lunchtime and had this to say about plans for schools not only to teach kids how to brush their teeth but to supervise them doing it each morning. What kind of deadbeat parents are not brushing their kids' teeth in the morning? And there needs to be a culture in this country whereby people would not feel it acceptable to send their children either to school without brushed teeth or without having taught their kids how to brush their teeth. I really recommend people read Frank Field's memoir, The Labour mm-hmm. Working Class uh, Socialist. Mm. He's written a very good memoir in which he touches upon welfare, uh, the psychology of poverty, etc. And he makes the point that half the story, yes, is government cuts, which in the last uh, 13 years have been savage and had a big impact upon poverty. I don't deny that. Mm. But he says the other problem is the loss of that Victorian sense of of that Victorian culture of of pride and self-improvement. And it might be that if we can't rely on people to engender that for themselves, the state has to teach it. So I I support Keir Starmer for doing this. I'm not against it. But I think we really need to have a bigger conversation about what kind of society we're living in, in which people are sending their kids to school without having brushed their teeth. No. What society are we living in, says Tim Stanley? Kids going to school without brushing their teeth. I don't know about you. I'm 49. I just turned 49. Um, My parents didn't give a shit whether we brushed our teeth or not. They just didn't. (laughs) We often went to school without brushing our teeth. That's a fact. Anyway, look, um, what what I'm going to do now is take a tune. Before I take the tune, by the way, let me um, play you, let me share with you the Skype number and the the the, the Skype details. Because there is a Skype account. It is Chat with Richie. Uh, that will open in about three minutes' time, by the way. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. You can talk to me now. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. And the WhatsApp number, as I said, you'll find it on the Facebook page, you'll find it on Twitter, and it's um, the, the latest article, if you want to say that, on richieallen.co.uk. Connect to the Richie Allen Show via WhatsApp today and have a chat with me today, okay? Right. In the meantime, I'm going to take a tune and then I'm going to read some of your comments and then I'll take calls. How about that? In that order, I think, yeah. I've actually got it together today. It's good. It's good. It's the first day since I've been back this week. I actually feel like I'm back. You know, a couple of weeks off and you think, God, I can't get my head around this. Here's uh, the Pretenders. The Pretenders. Yeah, that is music from The Pretenders and Brass in Pocket on The Richie Allen Show, Thursday's programme, the 11th of January. Yeah, I had some interesting emails from people. Thank you for them. You know who you are. When I mentioned a couple of times in the last few days, I mentioned on the Papers podcast and on this programme that I've um, kicked the alcohol to the curb for at least the month of January. And I'm 11, well, I will be 11 days in today and I haven't really missed it that's the absolute gospel truth it's also very surprising it's very surprising 
I say that because I'm somebody who, who does like a drink and in the business I'm in, in the news slash um, entertainment business, um, reporting on news and, and, and trying to entertain you occasionally, I do like a drink after work. Um, I don't get drunk of an evening, I don't, but I would have a few uh, drinks of an evening and I've been doing that for a long time so I thought I would miss it greatly. I haven't missed it at all. Not one time, even watching live football, live snooker, live sport, where you feel like a beer ordinarily, um, I haven't done. So that's nice, isn't it? And weight-wise, well, I haven't lost any weight because I can't afford to lose any weight because I'm a little bit underweight um, in any case. I'm 13 stone, 8 and a half pounds in weight, but I'm 6 foot 6 inches tall. I'm a big lump, so I'm a little bit underweight. So I'm not losing any weight, but I'm not gaining any even though I've substituted the alcohol for Cadbury's chocolate. Other chocolate providers are available, just in case you were wondering. But um, it, it seems to have inspired one or two people, ju- just the fact that I talked about it. So I'm glad. Yeah, I'll go to the end of January. That will be a cinch. What happens after that, I don't know. What I do know is, um, if I do have a drink in February, which I probably will do, I will not ever again go back to the old days of reaching for a beer during the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, after the radio show. That will not happen again. I'm kicking that into touch forever. I don't need it. But, um, you know, at the weekend going to watch Salford Red Devils in the coming Super League season with my pal. I'll have a point. So yeah, moderation is the key word from now on in. And I'm enjoying it. Like I said, I really am enjoying it. Let me read some comments before we get Sean on the line. Sean is in Spain. We'll get Sean in a moment. He can wait. I'll call him in a moment. And there are other calls backing up as well. I'll get you on, but I'm not going to neglect the comments. Lots of comments coming in on the news rundown. Jonathan says he was absolutely shocked when he first heard Douglas Murray speaking about Israel. This was certainly not the position I was expecting him to take based on what I had heard from him previously. That's interesting, Jonathan, because somebody I know well has told me that he or she is considering burning one of um, Murray's books uh, because he or she is not happy with Murray's stance. Not not his stance. It's not a stance on Israel. He is a full-fledged, whoring, propagandistic bastard for the state of Israel. William says, are you sure they're talking about South Africa, Brewer and, and Murray? It sounds very much like the UK to me, says William. Thank you. Scottish John says, Richie, um, he says, uh, of course Israel's response will be anti-Semitism. Yeah. It is the answer, isn't it? Look, I saw this, I've seen this over the years. This radio programme has been accused of being a... What did a Labour MP accuse this programme of being? He said the Richie Allen show is a fermenter of anti-Semitic thought. I think the MP in question is a guy called Alex Sobel, another wretched, rancid, rat bastard of a human being accused this programme of being a fermenter of anti-Semitic thought. What a prick. When I invited him to debate me on it, either publicly somewhere or on the radio, of course he did what rats do. When you shine a light on a rat, what does a rat do? It scurries back into the shadows. That is what they do. Jewish people must never be compared to rats because they are not. Lest somebody lose their shit and start screaming bloody murder because they've heard me call people rats. No, they are not. 
The only Jewish people I know are good people. Jewish people don't support this genocide in Gaza. The rats are the Israeli government. The rats are the reporters like Douglas Murray and the BBC reporters and the Talk TV and the GB News reporters, most of whom are not Jewish. They are the rats. Rats. That's all they are. Because, as I said earlier on, the job, and I'm not being modest about it. Oh, you're brilliant, Richie. It's a brilliant radio show. It's experience. If it's any good, it's experience. If it's any good, there are people who will tell you it's fucking shit. And it is sometimes. It's experience. Presenting the news isn't difficult. Say what you see. Murray is in Gaza. He can see the fucking state of the place. It's like the Irish lawyer said in The Hague today. It's the first genocide in history which is being filmed by the victims of it. So how could you go on the radio and say it's bullshit, it's not happening? How could you? There's only two possibilities. I know I'm a hypocrite. I'm the very one, I'm the very first one to criticise when people offer you a binary choice. I'm the first one to jump in with two feet and say things are complicated. And the system often uses binary choices. Yes, the system does. Once in a blue moon, there's a binary choice. You're either. I'm not going to say it because you know what Douglas Murray is. Murray knows what's happening. He's born, he's born witness. He's seen it with his own eyes. 21 minutes to the top of the hour. Uh, thank you for, for, for your messages. I know I said I'd be taking calls by now, but I'm going to read some messages um, because you're good enough to send them in. The least I can do is read them out. Rich says, Is the post office saga, blanket coverage, a distraction away from potential World War Three in the Middle East, the build-up of tension in the Gulf and all of that? Rich, it might be. Rich, you know as much as I do. You know as much as I do. KJ says, Operation Horizon is a distraction. It's a distraction, says KJ. And you might be right, KJ, because the, the coverage is unprecedented. Rob says, why is Postmasters a thing? It's Postman. Stop this woke shite. No, Rob, the people who've run these businesses, which were often convenience stores with a post office tagged on or a post office built in, they have been referred to as sub-postmasters and sub-postmistresses for many years. I don't think it's a woke thing, but thanks for your comment. Bill says the main thing with the post office thing is that senior managers and CEOs were not experts on computers or the software used in their post offices. They were ignorant, as you would expect, as it's not their job. This is why they were dragged through the court system, says Bill. That's a good shout, Bill. They hadn't a clue what was going on. When these people turned up and said, you are guilty of stealing from your own business and from the post office, they hadn't a clue what was going on. Lewis says, whatever The Hague decides to do, it will be ignored by the Zionist state of Israel, like it has done with every UN resolution since 1948. That's a possibility. No doubt. Johnny says the anti-terror police excuse was, they said they found traces of Semtex on the door handles and fuel caps on the two lorries. We were on a stag deal for the weekend, yet we got caught up in this madness. Johnny, to what do you refer? My brain is spinning at the moment. Uh, get back to me. Hi to Christian Simmons, who asked me if I heard about the New Hampshire House Bill 1700. 
I haven't, pal, no. He says it's pretty concrete evidence of chemtrailing. The state of New Hampshire has banned the use of weather modification, cloud seeding and stratospheric aerosol injection. Thank you for the link. I appreciate it. Ian says, Murray, Douglas Murray has turned out to be a major disappointment. Add him to the growing list. Hi to David, who says, genocide denying Douglas Murray would love to be embedded with strapping young Zionasty soldiers too, says David. Ah, David. That's lousy. And that's rich coming from me. I wish the terrible illness on the man. Which I suppose I can't retract because that would be cowardice, wouldn't it? To retract it would be cowardice and I'm not a coward. But when I calm down and I'm honest with myself, I don't want to wish any harm on any human being. Even a scumbag like Douglas Murray. But who's worse, you know? Murray the whore for Zionism or the, the, the Julia Hartley Brewer and Piers Morgan for failing to challenge his bullshit. It's uh, 18 minutes to the top of the hour. I said I would take your phone calls, so your phone calls I will take. Sean was first in. Let's say hello to Sean. Uh, here, by the way, um, the, 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 the Skype name is Chat with Richie. It's 0161818 I will get to you. If you miss me, I'll call you back. And the WhatsApp details can be found on Twitter, on Facebook, and you can find them on Richie Allen. Dot co dot uk. Sean, good evening. How are you? Sean should be there. Hello, Sean. And he's gone. He's gone. He's gone. We'll see. Can we get him back? We could hear him, but he couldn't hear us. It might be the case. Let's get him back on uh, the line. Uh, coming up for 16 minutes now to the top of the air. He says his Wi-Fi is terrible, so we'll give that one a miss then if the Wi-Fi is terrible. It's no good. He's in Spain somewhere, uh, is Sean. Right, we're going to take another tune. When we come back, more uh, of your calls. It is uh, Thursday's Richie Allen Show. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking to? Let me get rid of the music there. Good evening, caller. Welcome to the show. Who am I speaking with? Is that for me, Richie? It is. Who Who have I got? Hello, mate. It's Donnie and Brian. So hey. Give me one second. I've got you playing in the background. I'm turn me down, down, Donnie. Turn me down. I'll turn you down while you turn me down. Donnie in Brighton. Uh, the WhatsApp number for the programme, by the way, if you've got a pen handy, like I said, it's already um, pinned to richieallen.co.uk, but it's 075-659-42270. Donnie, welcome. How are you? I'm pretty good, mate. How are you doing? No. I, and by the way, well done on giving up the booze, bro. It's the bane of my life. It was the bane of your life, but not anymore. No, no, it still is, mate. I've oh, it still is. more times than anybody, mate. It's like, yeah, it's like constantly reaching for the red wine, mate. It doesn't help, does it? But fair play to you, mate. And fair play for not missing it as well. Everything in moderation, Donnie. Yeah, I haven't missed it thus far, which, yeah, uh, which, I'm, does, which I'm grateful for. Right, pal, it's over to you. What would you like to say? I would like to stick my neck on the line, bro, if you don't mind. Um, you know what I've called in about before, and uh, I wouldn't mind you grilling me, mate, because yeah, I know you disagree with a lot of what things I've said, but they come from... I'm an empiricist, mate, so nothing I've said comes without evidence. Uh, I wouldn't mind you grilling me, mate. I don't care what it's about. And just for some background, and you're probably going to think this is BS too, my channel was shadow banned to hell, mate. YouTube deleted it two years ago. I couldn't get more than seven subs on Rumble. I'm shadow banned, bit shoot. Brand YouTube wouldn't release my videos and it was still out. And Odyssey shadow banned me too, mate. So I'm just putting it out there. 
you can call it crap as you like and you can start anywhere you like, mate. Donnie, enough of the preamble. It's been a while since we spoke. The floor is yours. What, what are you talking about exactly? Which, which subject, which topic do you want to get into? Well, everything that I cover, I always covered it from the perspective that central banks run the world and they're private corporations. And I, I like to spell it out and articulate it in the most understandable format possible. So whatever headline was in the news, and I call them the daily dog whistles, I just do it from that perspective. Whether that's what they've done now with Iran and, uh, sorry, with Israel and uh, Palestine. Now they've managed to do the binary choice with that, haven't they? The central banks own Israel control Israel because of the, I mean, the Rothschilds put them in place of the Balfour Declaration. And there's a lot of evidence that suggests that they control Hamas too, through Israel. And what's not happening is nobody's looking at it from above. It's just like the, re- the ready-made binary choice of when, whose side are you on? Do you stand with Israel? Or do you stand with Hamas? And if we keep going down that route, nothing's ever going to change. Nothing. We have to recognize that this is the case and no one's looking at it that way. And yeah, but hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Donnie, hang on, hang on, hang on. There are a lot of people who criticise the genocide in Gaza but who don't side with Hamas. I, I, I'm not taking yeah, any... They still, they still side with Palestine and that's just the binary choice. The, the strings are being pulled from above and nobody's looking at it that way. And I, I used to reiterate that point in every one of my videos. It's a daily dog whistle. If we don't look from above... Nothing will change. They'll move on to war with Ukraine. I, I basically called it all out, mate. Yeah, but you do listen to this program, don't you? You do, you do listen to this program. You, you do occasionally yeah, listen course, to this program. Yeah. Right, so, so you will know that we go beyond, uh, what, while it is absolutely terrible what is happening to the people in Gaza, in Palestine, um, we go beyond that on this program. We look at why it's happening and put it in context in terms of the bigger, the bigger picture, the Great Reset, the Agenda 2030. That's what we do on this program. I mean, others might be I listen, mate, yeah, and missing I the bigger think picture. It goes far enough because nothing, nothing's changing. No perspectives have moved. They just haven't. And I'm putting the show down. I listen because it's so bloody good, mate. You know, I, whoever I like to find, whoever's like, there has to be the life passion of whoever I listen to, whether that's economics, cryptocurrencies, history of money, or, or whether it's the media. And you're the man for the media, you know. And so I listen to the program because of that. But all of the all of the so-called people that burst on the scene four years ago, they've all settled now, mate. And you seem to be the only outlet with any integrity left that might actually cover anything. This is and what this is what the financial. In fact, Richard, yeah. give me one sec. When I first called in, I, I destroyed the central banking system. And I'll quote you here. You said that was the best description of central banking you'd ever heard. I can do that to the entire system, mate. And that's what my channel was all about. And that's why no one gets to see it. And that's why I've got seven subs on Rumble, mate. Seven. With my views, with my videos in single figures, this is meant to be the great hope of freedom of speech, and it's not. And I'm not saying it's the people in Rumble or Bitshoot or whoever, but it's the people above that I try and articulate that can pull the strings of anything. They can shut down algorithms of anything, mate. Of course they can. You know, and it's like I've, I've called in about the carnivory. These things, there's a lot of software programming, a lot of magic behind the scenes of these things, and that'll be your favorite again, the flat earth. But I actually called in and basically gave a naturally scientific experiment that can't be disputed, and it still goes over heads because of the magic there. I called it, it's a spirit level, mate, and it's the horizon, and it measures flat. You put a spirit level against the sea level, 
doesn't matter how much of the sea you encompass, the bubble sits in yeah, the Yeah, this has been debunked, Tony. No, no, I know, I know, but this has been debunked. It's the bigger picture for me, mate. It's been for me. It's been. And that's it's all been. I've been ever called in about. Hang on a second. It takes two to have a conversation, and um, that's been thoroughly okay, debunked. Mate, sorry, the, the, the flat Earth thing. But listen, to go back to what you said, I, let's stay with the bit shoot and rumble thing. Um, David Icke has coined a phrase, which I like. Um, he's often coined phrases I like over the years, but one, and it's it's slipping away from my memory now. This new phrase he's got for for this kind of um, tranche of no, no, but you know, you, you said it already four years ago. There was um, a mm. there was a, a kind of a raft of new um, so called alternative media personalities that came out of. Uh, the yeah. the COVID lockdowns. I think he's called the mainstream alternative, has he, or something like that. I think he's given them the moniker yeah. mainstream alternative, um, and and that that's something worth staying with in terms of you and me speaking. We, we, we can touch on that, but also what you said about bit shoot and rumble and telegram and all of that. I can't believe Donny, not you obviously, but that so many people fell for the nonsense that these were genuinely safe platforms for free speech and freedom of expression. How could people believe yeah. that these would um, allow free reign for people to go who'd lost their YouTube channels? Well, I'll go to BitChute, they'll allow me to say whatever I want and they will not block my growth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could they fall for that, Donny? Crazy, oh, isn't Maybe it? it was a bit of hopium, mate, because I, perhaps I, I was hope, hopeful too, mate. I was hopeful too, but I, I saw very early because my perspective was always above what was going on in the media. It was always central banks pulling the strings, BlackRock own this. It's demonstrably provable, but it was a bit of hope here, I think. I mean, we're all, we all had some hope. And yeah. the, the strings have pulled from above. And I think Ike seems to be right on that front, at least. I think he missed a bunch of stuff. And going for don't go to the light after you're dead, I think we've got a shit bunch to deal with here before we before we even think about that but i think he's absolutely right you got these even the right wing people that were saying all the right things about the transgender they seem to have been a setup as well you know you got your ben shapiro's and your your kirks and everything and they've just gone for stand with israel right and then the, all the people that were on the right that were hanging on their every word because it made a lot of sense and you have to go back further for jordan peterson to make any sense since he noshed off bloody netanyahu in that happy ending interview i mean it, that was quite shocking, but they've all been there. They were like plants for me also, because now they've dragged everybody along that can articulate a sentence to stand with Israel because they've got the right to defend themselves. It's like, but sitting above that, you know, he could destroy Ben Shapiro. You destroy him, Rich. All you got to do is mention the Balfour Declaration, which he never mentions. You know, it's always about the river to the sea. It's always the inflammatory bollocks, isn't it? So yeah. I'll totally agree with you there. But aren't they, there aren't they, they were plants. aren't they Pied Pipers, these huh? people? I'll tell you how I see... Yeah, absolutely the, they are, the, mate, but they're yeah. bloody good at it, mate. They're very good at it. And I, I, think, I think the only one I trust still is... I'm not saying I trust her. The only one I'll hang on to is that the black chick, Candice Owen. She's still making a lot of sense, and she hasn't taken the binary choice of the rest of them, you know, and dragged everybody along from the right into that marina. And then you've got the left, all stand with yeah. Palestine. It's above, left and right is the same chaffing bird. And that was the, that was my perspective on everything I ever looked at. And hence, I would put my neck on the line and say, that's why I'm shadow banned, you know, and no one will talk to me, mate. I'll, they'll set up interviews and then they'll cancel because they don't want to get cancelled, mate. We're all going to get cancelled if we don't deal with this. That's my perspective. We're done, bro, if we don't actually face the fact 
Central banks run the world and they own all the governments and it doesn't matter which government it is. Don't get excited about BRICS because guess what? All the BRICS nations have a central bank that's owned by the same cartel. You know, well, this is the point I made. This is the I'm point. I'm losing my mind, bro, which is why I keep drinking let, booze. Let me back in then for a minute. Um, look, I, I agree. Right, with, I, I fundamentally agree with you. This is the point I made to my friend Dean Henderson on the programme last night when Dean said that BRICS might be the final hope for humanity and I made the point to him as I've made plenty of times on this programme and it's only my opinion it is that it doesn't matter every single one of them is controlled you're right they are controlled by uh, by central yeah, banks yeah. they've got the same masters but ju- just to stay for a minute I've, with I've the I've to hear that interview so forgive me if there's a comment now I haven't heard it yet yeah, but well, I, I, back I, I, I've said it I, I've said it many, to- many times look I, I'll give you I've, a lot of calls are coming in so I'm going to give you the final word on this where where the alternative where the mainstream alternative media is coming from so you're talking about neil oliver on gb news all of these people that some refer to as pipe pipers this is my opinion and i'll I'll state it as briefly as i possibly can Uh, for me whether they are doing it knowingly or unknowingly their job really is to keep people locked into the illusion of democracy. All of these new, brand new, uh, post-2020 truthers, they're, ultimately when it all boils down to it, they will tell their followers that it is the wrong government you have, um, you need to vote for these people, or you need to vote for that person, or let me introduce Richard Tice, let me introduce Lawrence Fox. So they try and keep their followers locked into the mentality that it isn't the system, it's the people in the system that needs to be changed. And that's how I see it. I'll give you the yeah. final word on that, Donnie, and then I'll take another call. Go ahead. Uh, that's definitely what they do, but as I've, I've said this whole call, unless we raise the game above that and actually admit, because it's demonstrably provable that central banks run the world, unless we start looking at things from that perspective, it doesn't matter what they say. Nobody's really going for it from that perspective. There's, there's no objective truth anymore about anything. You know, everything's got this, like, the pernicious forms of relativism, as Terence McKenna so wisely put it. There is, there is an objective truth to everything, yet everybody's got this opinion now. And some of us are less brainwashed on the, the trans front and that, but it's still, that's an extreme example of relativity. There is no such thing as a trans person. There's a man or a woman. You're, you're a guy with a dick wearing a dress. I mean, if girls can have dicks, mate, I got, I really dodged the bullet growing up because I had no skills. Thank God I wasn't confronted with that. But the, with, there is no objective truth anymore. And that, that goes for the spirit level thing too. I mean, I didn't have to go and make a homemade rocket to shove up in the air to prove that the earth is level. See, water always finds its level. We have to get past this opinionated BS, you know. And actually, We're back to flat earth, flat earth again now. Look, I, I, I don't want to get into you know, flat earth. Just one more thing, never mind Quit. the spirit level, mate. Look, everyone talks about the moon as well. Just put up a picture of a half moon during the day and please explain to me where the circumference goes and the shadow. There is no shadow or circumference. The space thing is complete horseshit. Just put up a... Yeah, I mean, that half moon during the day, it's in the sky one week out of every month. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, why is no one else seeing this? You know, it's like maybe I've just deprogrammed myself a hell of a lot more because I've probably put 
eight to ten hours a day for 12 years into this, as much as you, all the work you put into what you do, I've been doing in all of the things people don't want to look into. And trust me, think, there are a lot of them where the programs are so deep, you don't even want a conversation about it. Donnie, I'm, 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 I'm going to take another call. Thanks, pal. It was nice to talk with, with you again. The thing is, um, the, the truth is, I've opened up discussion of every issue on this program. I've interviewed flat earthers. Um, and I've challenged them, and they haven't done well. And that's what it is, you know. I'll take accusations on anything. I'll be accused of anything, but on not covering everything and giving every topic or every issue a fair hearing, I won't take that because I, I have done in the nearly nine and a half years this programme's been on air. Uh, we're going to WhatsApp. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Is that me, Rich? It is. Who have I got? Hello, mate. This is Sir I'm in William Obvious, but when I'm home with Alan Ashford, I'm just going to walk off the ward because I don't want to make too much noise. Um, Richie, my name's Dean Thornby. I'm from Folkestone Town. Sunny, sunny Folkestone. I can't believe I've got through to you, really. Hello, Dean. <laughs> right, um, right, let me do this phone call backwards, mate. I love you. Honestly, we all love you. The things you've done for us the last couple of years, I've been listening to you for a bloody long time, mate, but the last few years, you've kept everyone's heads together. It's just, it's amazing. <laughs> Right, now I'm gonna have a rant. Right. Rant oh, I live away. in Spain. Rant away. Pal. I live in I live in Spain. I want to shout out to the Tarragon. Oh, there used to be a Tarragon hillbilly group. There's about maybe 200 of us in total in in the uh, this the province of Tarragona, and we all meet up once a month. We uh, I'm getting all nervous now. I can't believe I'm on the show. Hey, yeah, Dean, no, I, Dean, we, Dean, hang on, hang on. You know who you're talking to, so relax, take your time. There's loads of time. I've got a bottle of water here. I'm going to have a sip while you take over. No need to be nervous, pal. Just um, have your rant. Rant yeah, away. I can't believe me. My heart's pumping and everything. Anyway, right. In Tarragona, there's been a big group of people. It's happening all over the country. It's all over, all over Europe, as far as I'm aware. People are just dropping out. And we, yeah, we've got... <sighs> It's basically, it started off as a as a little group. It's turned into a sort of hippie market stroke boot fair. But off the, but off the, the back of that, we do lots of things. We help each other out. <laughs> we do our best to try and deal without money, which is pretty impossible to a point. But, you know, if you turn up there, if you haven't got any clothes, you'll, you'll walk away with a bag full. If you haven't got any food, you'll walk away with food. If you need fun, if you need a laugh, if you just need someone to talk to, have a cuddle with, it's all there massaging and all sorts of, you know, it just whatever you could get out of a good few hundred people when they all turn up. Sometimes there's only 30 or 40 people, but, you know, when it, when it's good, it's good. And there's a lot of people. And as I say, there's a lot, there's two groups in the, <clears throat> in the Tarragona area. There's two groups that are similar. One's called Permonda. The other one's called, or it's called now the Tarragona Exchange because there was a little bit of a fallout. <clears throat> you know, it's like when people get together. Yeah. But it, it, it is amazing. It really is. The fact that we're all there, we're all helping. Unfortunately, I got the phone call the other day. My mum's ill. She's in hospital, so I've been dragged back, which has just absolutely blown my fucking head away. It really has. It really has. Um, I'm sorry to hear I'm about your mum. I'm sorry. I'm, to, I'm, I'm sorry. Go on. No, I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your mum. Is your mum in, in the UK? Have you come back to the UK? Yeah, I've been going through a bit of a guilt trip. I haven't been back here for a few years. I speak to her regularly, but she's ending up in hospital. My sister said, you better get back here quick. Fortunately, I've come back with my cape on, and I've uh, I've sort of 
cheered her up a bit and she's she's coming back round again, but she's her marbles are going a little bit. But she always was shot away, you know what I mean? We all are, so you know, it's no nice. big deal. She's 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 happy enough. She's happy enough. But what I've seen since I've come back here, it's just unbelievable. I, I don't watch telly, I haven't watched telly I'm one of them idiots, so I don't watch telly, but I haven't watched it for years. The first thing that's got me is sitting there watching the telly. I just can't believe what I'm seeing. Just the way they talk to people, the the, the, oh, the whole lot of it. It's just one big brainwashing box. It's disgusting. This thing about the post office at the moment, exactly as you said uh, was it yesterday, I was listening to yesterday's show this morning. And the thing about the post office, five, four or five days it's been on every night. Yeah, relentless. On, on, on the telly. Yeah, as you say, relentless. Bang, bang, nothing else mentioned. Not all the other stuff that's going on, you know, the, the who thing, the... Uh, the COVID inquiry, the, you know, all of it, none of the Gaza, nothing mentioned whatsoever. But something from 25 fucking years ago, 25 years ago. And I know I've heard you talk about it a lot over the years. It just shows you how they will treat their own people. You know, like you said, the trusted, trusted people of society. And they just dropped, drop kicked him into prison and took their money and, oh, Jesus. Yeah. Can I ask? Right. Can I ask you, I'll, Dean? Can I can I ask you on. because you what 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 you mentioned at the beginning is very very important. Where did it start in Tarragona? This this community of people coming together. You said dozens of people, and it's yeah. up to two hundred. Up to two hundred on the actual group of, of the Telegram group and the. How did that happen? A, it just just a couple of people that lived off grid that you know knew there was a few people around that sort of could do with a little bit of help and could, you know because the problem is when you're off grid, you're miles out the way. And as a rule, you know you, you're up out the way up the mountain and it's all lovely jubblies, and it's everything's great, but you don't see anyone. And I, I've noticed even in myself, <laughs> we, we, me and my wife moved out there twenty years ago, so we've been out there a long time. But I've noticed even in myself, if we don't see anyone for quite a long time. I, I first noticed this on a plane, and I can, <laughs> I can feel myself going into it now. You can't stop talking. It's really strange because you, you, you know, you're lonely, really. You know, we, we do need people. So when we do. started going to this group, it was just nice to turn up and everyone have a chat. There's no, you know, it doesn't matter if you turn up in a Mercedes, if you turn up in an awesome car. It's not important. You know, no, nobody cares about what you've got, as in, you know, have you got money? Have you got this? Have you got that? It's just not important at all. And, you know, for me personally, that's just amazing. I was always a, you know, a, a money chaser, a breadhead. And once I started, once we got out to Spain, I actually settled down. Obviously, the money wasn't so important. It's nice to have a bit of money in the bank, but if you haven't, you know, it's not that important. If you've got your friends, you've got your family, you've got a roof over your head, you've got clothes on your back, food in your belly, you know. But I'll tell you something, actually, right? God, I'll tell you, I wanted to get older you a long time ago about this. Permaculture. I really want to push this permaculture thing. I really want to try and get it on, as brought up on your show as much as possible. How would you define it's it, Dean? How would you define permaculture? What does it mean for people who've never heard it before? Right. It's actually a way of life. People think, it's, or, or people tend to go down the gardening route. But it's, 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 it's about well-being. It's about building. It's about gardening. It's about anything you need it to be, really. Providing... You, you, you've just got to change the way you think. If you're into permaculture properly, money's not important. And it sounds a bit crazy, but it isn't. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not a builder, but I can build you a house and I can build you it with permaculture design in mind. And that'll keep you warm, that'll keep you dry, obviously. 
doesn't necessarily have to be massive and it doesn't necessarily have to be built out of bricks or, or wherever. You can build it out of, you know, whatever's locally around you, which is, for me personally, that's the, the best thing because if you haven't got any money, you can still crack on. But if I just say to you, or ask your listeners, to, if they got a five minutes, just to look into YouTube at Permaculture, a man called Jeff Lawton. He's an English guy, but he lives out in Australia. Um, there's a few that are at the top of the, you know, the top of the nest, so to speak. Jeff Lawton, Paul Wheaton is a favourite of mine. A lady called Dr. Elaine Ingham, who's a soil scientist. It's really hard to keep up with it when you start. And then you realise all, all it is, is literally getting some soil, put it in a sock, get some water underneath it, get it bubbling, and that water from that will bring your garden to life no matter what the situation is. And it's really that simple, really, really that simple. So it's a kind of... It's a kind of blueprint, is it, permaculture, for learning how to live with whatever whatever you have around you on the yeah, land. That's exactly. That's exactly what it is. And to right? use exactly. whatever you have around you sustainably, yeah. It's fascinating. My, my garden, I, I've got a greenhouse, a garden, a, you know, a house, and it's all become, it's all come from the back of someone. <laughs> someone said to me, try permaculture, it's lazy man's gardening. I'm a terrible weeded, I am a lazy bugger. So I thought that sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, it completely changed my life, honestly. It's completely changed my life. I, uh, I, I think we, you know, I say we'd get on. Maybe you think I'm an idiot, but we've had a similar no. sort of lifestyle, very similar to you, growing up. Used to be a bit of a lad around town. I say, I got into permaculture. Totally, totally changed me. Totally. And I don't want to. I don't want to big it up like it's some religion. It isn't. It's just a question of changing the way you think. Rule one hundred and one in permaculture: the problem is the solution. And I'll tell you something. That, that in itself has, has totally turned my life around, totally. Because every time I've got a problem, for example, my mum's in hospital, <laughs> I've had to dump my permaculture lifestyle in, in Spain. I can't go back because of Brexit, so I didn't have the right paperwork. So I knew when I come through, they'd sort of say, right, you know, you ain't going back. So I'm stuck here. It's a problem, but the problem is the solution. I need to go to the dentist. <laughs> I've got a couple of teeth missing. I could do with some cash in the bank, so I'll go and get myself some work. While my mum's getting better, I should be over here sorting out my problems, which is the solution. Like I was saying, it's, it is as simple as that. It's just as simple as just changing your mindset that little bit. And that's what actual permaculture is. It isn't necessarily about building or growing or fixing or whatever. Yeah, I think I, I, think I, get... I, think I interviewed, you mentioned somebody called Jeff Lawton. If I was to go into yeah. my diaries from a few years ago, I'm pretty sure I... I'm pretty sure Jeff Lawton was on this program speaking about permaculture. I'm pretty sure of it. I'll I'll try and dig that out. While while oh, please do. I, I don't I didn't I don't recall it. I've been no, listening for a long time. It's years. A long time. Yeah, it's years ago now. Many. It, yeah, no. Actually, my memory being what it is, it might have even been pre this program. It might have been my Spain days, for all I know. But the name and the topic is familiar. Faisal is listening to this and says he wishes there was a group like the Tarragona Hillbillies in the UK. It sounds like a very oh, no, positive there bunch. Is, yeah. there, there is. There is. Tell him, Faisal. Hello, Faisal. I've heard your voice many times. I've heard your name a hundred times. Um, yes, there is. Look into it. Have a look into it. These groups are they're, they're starting up all over the place. There's Spanish, there's French, there's English. I know there is. I can't put you on to anyone in particular in England, but I know there are permaculture groups and uh, 
you know, these dropout groups. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I know there are. I say I can't put you on to any in particular. But I know there are. It's There's a really, it's, the it's a lovely concept, isn't it? And it obviously came out of the COVID nonsense. So you have lots and lots of people getting together. You said two hundred. No, 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 they were running that running a good few years before COVID. Were they? And the was funny it? thing was, when COVID started, it it really gave us that jump to you know right. we're not allowed to travel, but we're going to. We're not supposed to be hugging, and we're we're going to, and we're supposed you know, and we we we, we the the funny thing was the meetings were much stronger and much bigger. Because we all wanted to go to, to, to defy the law, yeah. <laughs> as you do. I don't think I've ever cuddled so many people as when Pfizer was. Oh, sorry, when uh, COVID was going. Sorry, it's uh, yeah, it's quite a strange event because where I live, I live in a place called oh, Sorry, I lived in a place. My family are in a place called Tortosa, which is uh, north of Spain, and I went out. I. I I, I've been out, you know, I've been in my place, I've been out of my house for a long time, good few years now. I very rarely go out other than to go to the meetings. And when I went down to town with my wife, I knew what was going on, you know, I wasn't stupid, you were talking about it. But when I went out to town with my wife, I saw the entire city of Marks. It's only a small place. But it really freaked me out because I hadn't seen it. <laughs> and I got out of the car without a mask. <laughs> Obviously, there's no way I'm wearing that. And, uh, I was being pointed at. I was being pushed. I was, people, you know, it was ridiculous. I, could, I mean, they are very, very, very law-abiding people where I live, but I, I, I was literally the only person in the city walking around without a mask. See, My I wife was wearing one because she couldn't be asked for the grief she was getting. I can't believe but, this. I, I do I do believe you, by the way, but I find it so difficult to understand because I lived in Spain for years and I, I know, well, I witnessed firsthand just how, just how, um, suspicious and how not fearful, yeah. but but how yeah, how, does, no, how the Spanish are of authority, I, and this mm-hmm. is this is post Franco, you know. Yeah, this yeah, is no, the people we, who. So we're we're just over the line in in Catalonia. So they were you know quite literally lining up against the woman shot, you know. So they they had genuine reason to yeah. be scared of Franco and, and the the authorities, but. Yeah, it was a scary time for me personally, just because I couldn't believe what was going on. I just couldn't believe that. It, uh, almost, my son said at the time he was going to go and get an injection, and the way he's been brought up is completely anti-authority. It really shocked me. He's tw- he lives in Barcelona. He's twenty-five now, so he was around twenty-one at the time, twenty-two, and it really shocked me that he even thought about it. He didn't eventually. I didn't. I said it's your choice, you know. Look, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're you're your own man, but just wait, mate. Please just wait and wait and see what happens. And, and then he, did he comes to my house, and his mate stuck a. He said that I said I've seen a friend stick a fork or a spoon to his arm, and that that's what stopped him from having it. But all his friends, all of all, every you know, everyone had it where we live. Everybody. Although I must admit, there's not so many deaths. You know, this sudden death thing. There isn't. You know, we've known a few people that have died relatively close to us in in Tortosa, but not as many as uh, as what I'm hearing here in England. I've come back here in England, mate, and I'm saying, "What about Stuart? Oh, he's dead. What about so and so? Dead." And I'm going for a list of people that I know, and they're all gone. They're all gone. It's, it's shocking. Older than me, most of them, but it's shocking. Really yeah, shocking. The excess death numbers are far, far yeah. higher than they should be. In this country, and despite one or two, well, well, Bridgen won't be an MP for much longer, uh, certainly not after the next election. 
But apart from bridging and one or two in the, you know, conservative media, one or two, but not many, nobody's asking questions about why so many people are dying. You know, so many more people are dying than you would ordinarily expect to die over the five-year average. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm, go- I'm going to take another call in a moment, Paul, just giving you the heads up on that because I'm getting yep. calls coming in. But um, it's fun- it's interesting you say that, that in Spain you didn't see so many excess deaths. But, but maybe, may- maybe the natural vitamin D3, which is on tap in Spain, might have something to do with that. I don't know. It might do. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Which you, which is which what is three hundred days a year you get in Spain, don't you? In uh, yeah, in, uh, yeah. Of which, which, which is huge. <laughs> I'm back which in is, now to the grey skies and the rain in Ashford. Oh, it's terrible. Um, for the <laughs> foreseeable sorry, future. No, no, I'm just going to say. So you're back. You're looking after your mum. You're going to make a few bob, and then you'll make your way back to Spain. Then is that the plan? Yeah, I will do. I will do. Like I say, the problem is the solution. So sort a few of the problems out. That's the solution. And then, you know, in a few months' time, I'll put my head up and see where we go. I'm possibly going to hang out with a year here, you know, maybe a couple of trips home quickly, but just to try and get my mum back on track. And hopefully, uh, I feel like I say, it's been a terrible guilt one. I've left my sister here to look after her, and I've come back, and my sister's knackered, my mum's knackered, and it's just like, oh, God, you know, I should have been here. But it is what it is. Can't, you, know, you can't change the past. But listen, you've got to go. Richie, honestly, mate, I, I've listened to you for years. I love you to bits. You've had me in tears. You've had me laughing. My children will ask me, how's Richie? You come up at our dinner table, you know, conversation on the dinner table, mate. You're making me blush now. <laughs> I've got tears rolling down my cheeks now, so I'm going to go, man. Thanks very much, I love Dean. you, mate. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> really appreciate that. It's lovely to hear from you. Thanks, Dean. I'll get emotional now. I'll get emotional myself. I get a lot of emails from people. I, I don't, it must have been bad in 2020. I, do you know what? I think I've forgotten it, to be honest. I really do. I had this uh, about about a week or so ago, um, just before my birthday. I didn't mention this even to the missus, but I was in the local supermarket here. And once in a blue moon, somebody will come up to me and say, um, you're Richie, um, either they listen to the show or their mum or dad listens. Now, it only happens once in a blue moon, right? We're, we're not famous. <laughs> uh, thank heavens, and, and I do mean that. It doesn't happen very often. Once in a blue moon. Once every couple of months it'll happen. But um, just before New Year's, I was in uh, Salford, right in the the heart of Salford in the precinct, and I was bear-hugged from behind by a bloke who, uh, his name, funnily enough, is Jess um, and uh, that's what he said his name was Jess right and he gave me a big massive hug and he couldn't speak for 30 seconds and I said what's, what's up with you what's wrong with you and he said he'd been listening to the show for years and what he said to me was he said it was horrendous in 2020 in March April May June and he said the thing that kept him going was to be able to listen to the men and women coming on this programme you know the scientists and the doctors we interviewed who assured Jess and assured everybody else that they weren't going crazy. But he said it was also so important to have a place to go every day at five o'clock where you could kind of make some sense of what was going on and have a bit of a laugh. So I, I do get that. I get Dean being emotional there. It makes me emotional. I think I've forgotten it. I really do. I think I, I we talk about being in shock about what happened in 2020 and 2021. I've forgotten it, I think. I think on some level I've, I've, you know they say that when something terrible happens to people, 
that they they often forget it or for for their sanity and um, they their their brain for their own sanity their brain uh i don't know erases it from from their mind I think that's the case with me, but I do get it. Listen, it's uh, 17 minutes past the hour. This is the Richie Allen Show, Thursday's uh, programme. There are a number of calls coming in. You can probably hear uh, the buzzing in the background. But what I'm going to do uh, while I grab a glass of water is I'm going to take a tune, and then when I come back, I'll take more of your calls. Uh, the contact details for the programme are on the website, richieallen.co.uk. As I said before, you'll also find them the contact details for the programme. You will find them um, on Facebook and on Twitter too. All right. Uh, 20 past the hour of 5 o'clock that's first aid kit and my silver lining John is on the line I think John is in Spain also hi John hello Richie how you doing mate I'm All doing right. really well it's nice to chat with you John you are in Spain I think are you I am indeed um, I'm in an, I'm not far from San Pedro de Alcantara uh, literally 5 well, minutes away stomping ground that you knew I'm sure many years ago yeah I knew it uh, well Indeed, I, I think I think we actually met. Not that it matters, but we met uh, very briefly in one of the pubs here many years ago. He's listened to you quite regularly, as I always have done for many years. Do John tell us um, for the crack? Where do you think we met? In which pub? Because I was probably on my worst behaviour. Come I, on, I think it was the Hogan Stand. We might and have I'm done. Saying it was the ra- yeah, the Hogan Stand, and it was around the time they were doing the renovations, preparing for the tunnel. 
yeah. God, it's ten, more than ten, ten years. Yeah, I would have been working for Talk Radio Europe. And tell the truth now, was I a complete arsehole or was I a nice guy? Go on, tell the truth. No, you were, no, you were the latter, my friend. You were the latter. Um, in fact, I mean, the Talk Radio studios, I had an office not far from there. I mean, not that we met regular, but we did meet the ones in the pub because no one's going to forget meeting Richie Allen. <laughs> with me, with me, uh, big for all the right reasons, yeah, you were me. a gentleman. You were a gentleman. Oh, thanks for I, saying I, that, John. And it's it's nice to meet you, mate. Oh, you're welcome good. to the program. So, um, what would you like to say? You know how it goes. You get the floor. Off you go, dude. It, it's listen the whole gamut of what uh, not only callers have been saying today, but I mean, I obviously being in Spain, I was in I was in a hospital uh, waiting room yesterday, Wednesday. Was it no Tuesday? I had to go and give some blood. And it was a day before they announced the face mask in position, because uh, as I think your previous caller pointed out, and it's been reported in places like the Daily Mail, face masks are back on in pharmacies, they're back on in hospitals, despite the fact that we have an abundance of scientific evidence to show that they do nothing. Yeah. Um, people will be aware of the Cochrane report. Um, and I was sat there in a waiting room, and already 80% of the people, there must have been, I'd I, I guess, 20 people in the waiting room, this is a day before it's been imposed and they're all masked up, nappied up. And I'm like, why are you, how, how do we bridge this gap between the so-called follow the science, which we've listened to for three years, ad nauseum, and people actually not looking at real science, where this Cochrane report that's over a year old is yeah. literally proven scientifically. Guys, they do nothing. You know, you're, you're wasting your time. It's theatre. I wish I knew, John. I wish I knew. What would you say? That's the thing. People are trapped in a circumstance of of watching theatre. Because let's face it, that's what it is. And the only solution I I can think of is, I don't know, you keep a Bible on your desk. I'm not here about to preach to people, but I know you do because you you called on it yesterday. Yeah. Ephesians 5.11 have nothing to do with the fruits of darkness, but rather expose them. And my goodness, and my God, you do that very well, Richie. You know, keep it going. It doesn't make any difference, though, does it, John? Listen, now, this is no... We we don't fish for compliments here. We're We're too long in the tooth for that nonsense. But while I'm sure during 2020 and 2021, shows like this were were useful because when people who'd never listened to the independent media, when they were shocked by the lockdowns, when they went looking for something, at least we were here. So it's good that we can do that. Yeah. It's good we can discuss these things. But I don't think it makes any difference. And I'm not being modest and I'm not fishing for compliments because I think it's self-evident it doesn't do any good. I mean, you said yourself, and it, it would be the same here tomorrow. I think if they announce tomorrow that in clinical settings we need to return to mask wearing, I'll tell you what, John, I reckon if I was to pop into my local GP in, in Salford or to Salford Royal Hospital, I reckon 80% would be masked up as well. I'm sorry to say I'd have to agree with you, yeah, Richie. no um, doubt. You know, it's, it, this is it. We're at, a, we're at a circumstance which is, I hate using the word unprecedented, but it, how do you, this is a question for everybody to think about, how do we bridge this gap between what is evident you know, scientific evidence that shows certain measures don't work, uh, and, and we can prove that. And this belief that is pushed through, you know, the usual channels that oh, do this, and everybody does it. What is this gap, this cognitive dissonance, 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 all really all about? 
I, but, I mean, another example, if I may briefly. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Pfizer very recently made an acquisition uh, for, what is it, $43 billion of a company called Segan. Um, it, it, it was reported early, early, late last year, I should say, but only in publications like the FT and small financial publications. It wasn't covered by the usual mainstream. But what's significant is they're paying $43 billion for this company, which is what Pfizer do. They're, they're an acquisition firm. I think many people out there still think that they're, they're a medical firm. <laughs> they're, they're more of a, a private equity firm than anything else. So they're paying $43 billion for this firm. What do they do, this firm? They are involved in mRNA, of course, but with ca- turbo cancers. So they've acquired them, $43 billion, 31 of which is done by debt, obviously arranged by the usual suspects. Why isn't the penny dropping with people? Why is a company like Pfizer buying a company that only has a revenue of $2 billion currently, paying, what, 20 times their earnings? And they're doing it through a debt structure. Why are they investing so heavily into turbo cancer mRNA treatments? Now, if that doesn't get the normies' attention, I don't know whatever will. They'll never see because it on the BBC, the... though. They'll, they'll never see it on national TV in, in Spain. They'll never see it on the BBC. And you know what they've done nope. very successfully, in, in, in my opinion? One, one of the... Now, this is not my original idea. I know others have said this before me, but I do agree with them. You know, I think they've tied, like, mask wearing and whether or not you go along with the arbitrary COVID rules. I think they successfully tied that in with politics and political and political affiliations, didn't they? Like, they made it okay. so they made it so that if you were on the left of the spectrum you know, you were a better person than the Conservatives. So you were, you know, wearing the masks and keeping the social distancing because you were doing right by your fellow human beings. And if you didn't do it, well, you were just a, you know, a Conservative. You were just a selfish bastard. They very, very cleverly tied in the COVID measures with um, political um, affiliations, I think, didn't they? Absolutely correct. Spot on. It's masterful. It's it's, it's yeah. Cicero, uh, whatever century he was, the Roman emperor described it as the fifth colonist. Well done. That's a great point. Yeah. So if you're somebody far, who far more dangerous, far more dangerous. Yeah. And if you voted Labour all your life, or if you're in a trade union, you can't um, put your head above the parapet and say, like you said, John, you can't put your head up and say, "Hang on a second, there's a Cochrane report here." Um, it, it looks yep. like it looks like the established science says that masks are useless. You can't do that because that's the position of your enemy, the conservative. So you've got to say, no, 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 that's a load of bollocks. That no, 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 wear your masks. You, you remember you remember those social media posts, um, liberals, so-called liberals, you know, <laughs> screaming at people, shut up and wear your mask, wear your mask, and they must know. Yep. But yeah, Hopefully. politics and and linking it to political affiliations was was clever, John. Yeah, it was. It's, it, absolutely. It's, as we know, it's, we hear about it on, on, on your show, not just you, uh, Richie, you do it very eloquently. Again, not, not, not trying to blow smoke up the proverbial, but I think a lot of the audience will know this. You know, of course they will. We, we, we have been victims of theatre. We've been victims of psychological weapons grade PSYOP. You know, this is all proven. It's not a question of conjecture. It's known. Spy B and all these government bodies policing social media 
But it's how do we, the, the awake, as it were, the people that know, how do we convey this to people? Because along the tribal political lines, I still know people. I've got people in my own family who are Labour voters all their life. And you know what? They, whilst they're still perhaps asleep to most of the convicts, they are still going, right, you know, can't wait this year, election, Labour's going to get in, we're all going to get back to yeah, normal. Yeah. Really? Really? You, you don't see beyond the, the, the tribal uh, entrapment that you're under? That this, this, is, this is a global thing. I mean, that, that again, is something that's staggeringly, there's a staggering paucity of, of reporting about how all of these measures were, were done globally. I'll tell you something quickly, if I may, Richard. Go ahead, John. For, it's nearly four years. I can hardly believe it. And I'm stood in exactly the same spot where I was. Um, I happen to have involvement in a business, a, a restaurant. Let's call it that, right? Very popular restaurant. And four years ago, around this time, we were starting to learn about what was happening in China. We were hearing about what was happening in Italy, about people falling over and uh, a respiratory virus, etc. And it was coming onto the news. It was drip, drip here and there. But it came to March... And we're not far away. And I started hearing from friends of mine who have contacts within, let's call it the Guardia Civil or uh, politicians that are saying, you know what, we're going to get a lockdown coming because they'd already done it in Italy. They'd already done it. You know, it was, I think they were the very beginning of March. They did a two week lockdown in Italy in 2020. So I started to hear about this and I'm like, hang on, for my for my business, does that mean we've got to shut our doors or what are we hearing? They're saying, yeah, they're going to shut the schools, John. They're going to shut everything. And this was on a Friday. And by the Sunday, it was announced. You know how they do things in Spain. They announce it on a Sunday and it goes into application on a Monday. So literally over that course of two days, I had to reconfigure the entire business, the restaurant, into a takeaway. Not easily done. And the rules which were dripped down to us, when you look back at it now in hindsight, it's like, hang on a minute. How could they have not sat back and gone, let's just push pause here for a second. What's going to be the effect on our economies? What's going to be the effect on people psychologically? None of this was a consideration at all. And I screamed at, at people for months locally here, friends I've got who went along with everything. I refused to wear a mask. I went into shopping. I went into a Mercadona, which is a famous supermarket. You'll probably remember it. I had the police called on me. I said, no, I stood up. I had the constitution in my hand. I said, no, and they called the police on me one time. And did the police said, no, local, did the police local turn up to, to ask you why? The you, police, you they, they turned up. I sat in the office of this particular Mercadona. The police turned up. This would have been about, whatever, six months, eight months into the whole detritus, the affair of, you know, masks and all this. So in December I had then? An exemption, I had an exemption leaflet. You know, I got one from my doctor. Yeah. Had it on me. And this manager... Because um, every time I went into this Mercadona, I was, you know, th th I even had staff pointing at me into the restaurant, going, look, he's no mas mascarilla, mascarilla. And I'd be like, okay, Jesus okay, Christ. calm down. It, it was insane. Yeah. Insane. And, I, you know, when you're the one person out of, let's call it 60, 70 people, which was the case on average each time, everybody looking at you like you've got three heads. Uh, so on this one occasion, this new manager had appeared and he followed me around the store and said, show me your exemption. You know, show me. I said, you know what? No, I don't have to. By this time, I'd educated myself on GDPR and the rules around it, that I don't have to share medical information, which you don't. Right. Which includes an exemption for. Absolutely. Right. 
So I, I declined. And he said, right, I'm calling the police. I said, go ahead, go ahead. And he had a name badge on his on his suit, you know, his name badge. I think it was, I think it was Jesus. Don't quote me, but I think it was. Anyway, we ended up in his office because I demanded to see the complaints book. Um, all businesses in Spain have to carry a complaints book. That's right. I remember it. Yep. <laughs> so I, at the same time, while he's calling the police, I said, right, I want your complaints book. Which he, I went into his office, he put it down on the table. I said, what's your name? And as I turned around, he'd taken his name badge off and put it in his pocket. I said, it was Jesus. What's your surname? <laughs> it's comedy, um, isn't it? When you look back at it, it's funny I, when you look back, yeah. Yeah, because I informed him. I said, it's you I'm coming for. It's not Mercadona. It's you. You're, you're, asking, you're infringing upon my rights under GDPR, asking me to reveal private information. Anyway, cut long story short, the local police turned up. Um, he explained to them, you know, why I'm, why I'm here. And then I had my turn and I explained to them. And of course, during this period, all the shoppers are still out there queuing up at the desks, you know, the, the tills to pay. They're saying, oh, what's that guy? I can imagine. They, I know they were. They're inside. What's going on in there? What's that guy? He's not wearing a mask. They're going to cart him off to jail shortly. Anyway, after about 10 minutes, I explained to the police why, as I've just stated, I would not reveal my information. The policeman, who was very good, by the way, said, would you show me, would you show me, John? I said, yeah. So I pulled out my exemption. He goes, oh, so there you go. He said, well, why didn't you show it to him? I said, because I'm not required to share my private medical information with somebody else. And that, again, is part of the crux of the problem. People who take on an authoritarian nature with no grounds, and this is what this pan pandemic has given rise to. A lot of people, yeah. People think, yes, yeah. The, the, the old, I don't know what you call it, the totalitarian syndrome. Yeah, a lot of people enjoyed people think, well, it. My job. Yeah, a lot of people enjoyed you know, it. My job. And you and know, they did. Yes, absolutely. A lot Zealous. of people loved it. it. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this circumstance. No, there's something about the human condition. There, there's always an element. There, there is always an element of people who really enjoy uh, telling people what to do. You've kind of, and I don't say this as a joke, by the way. You've kind of triggered me a little bit because I remember going to Tesco on the precinct in Salford, or going to the ASDA near the Trafford Centre in Manchester during that particular period and I wouldn't wear a mask obviously and I wouldn't carry anything with me and I'm you know I'm a big lump of a guy I'm no tough guy I'm not a tough guy but I'm somebody who can look after himself but I remember I remember being constantly um, uneasy and on edge and stressed when I was going into these shopping centres oh yeah I couldn't Absolutely. wait to get out of there yeah I mean, in England, I, I, I've seen the, the worst of both worlds, let's put it that way, because I, I had cause to go back to England for about 10 months. I got trapped. Um, my mother was in a circumstance of dementia, so I went back to sit with her and look after her. And this would have been Christmas 2020. And, of course, they locked down again in England. Uh, just, just They did, the that's right. Period of 2020. So I went over there, took the dog, thinking I'd stay for a couple of months ended up staying at 10 months there because I couldn't, not only could I not get out, but I, I could get out, but the dog couldn't. It was, it was bizarre. No airlines would take a dog. Cut long story short, I again had the experience of having to use UK supermarkets, who I have to say, yes, I got confrontation at the local Aldi, etc. Why, why aren't you wearing a mask? And I'd see it around the pubs, guys I grew up with. Kids, I play, guys I played rugby with as a kid, you know, guys I've known all my life. And they're all masked up walking into pubs and there'd be a group of three of us 
who wouldn't wear the mask. We're all awake, as it were. Um, but they were much kinder in the UK and as much that if you want to do it, you do it. If you don't, you just stand your ground. And I'd say to the security guard, he'd say, put your mask on. This is in the UK. I'd say, no, I don't have to wear one. Thank you very much. And walk past. And that would be it. Whereas here, I forget, you know, don't forget the Frank. Well, you know, the Franco element, I think, is still very alive yeah. in the hearts and minds of people, which is surprising. Because you'd think they'd, they'd know what was what's happened in the past can happen again. In fact, it is happening. It's almost happening while people are, were asleep. You know, they, yeah, they that's it. it you, you put it better than I did. Yeah, you, you would have believed they would have been very distrustful of the whole affair based on their very recent history with with fascism. Absolutely. But, they, but in Spain, they weren't. And I obviously don't live there anymore, but I have friends there. And obviously listeners there, like yourself, telling me, Listen, it's going on here. The Spanish have capitulated. But it's funny you mentioned the UK, though, because the thing I will always remember, even if I eventually go senile when I get older, but I, I will never forget when they introduced rules in 2021 or in late 2020 even, not late 2020, in the summer of 2020, when they introduced these rules for restaurants, do you remember? whereby yep. you had to wear your mask oh. walking around the restaurant, oh. but you could take your mask oh. off while sitting at a table. Now, when that didn't stir people, when that didn't kick people in the arse to where they said, do you know what, somebody's having a laugh at us here. If they're telling us that we've got to put a mask on while we go to the toilet, but when we come back, we can take our mask off because the COVID germs are intelligent germs, or they're not intelligent, <laughs> they're stupid germs. They don't know when we're... I mean, I, I've never come across anything like that, and yet people swallowed it, didn't they? It's a phenomenon, Richie. I don't yeah. know how else you describe it. It's a phenomenon. I mean, to your point, I recall being in that period when I was back in England. So we went through Christmas 2020. They'd locked down again in the UK. So I remember we couldn't go anywhere. There was no restaurants, no pubs open, etc. You could go and get a coffee in Costa, or you know, other brands were available, and you'd have to walk on these, you know, circles, stand here. And I wouldn't wear a mask. And one of my best friends, he's an ex-police officer, a detective, very informed, intelligent guy. All right. We sat in a car park of a pub, which was closed, of course, having a coffee. And I, for want of a better description, red-pilled him. Over a period of 10 minutes, I red-pilled this guy. I said, look, this is what is going on. From, the, from, out, from Alpha to Omega, this is what's going on. And this is where this is going and even mentioned what would happen to climate. And we're nearly four years ago now, we thought, three years, yeah, three years ago. And he was like, but dude, surely they're, they're not, they couldn't, they're, they're, how could this now? I said, you see that pub, Bill? We should be in there right now. There is no need for this lockdown, etc." He could not get his head around it. I warned him not to do the jib-jab. He did, you know, um, because he was pressured, whatever. Um, it's just... Now he realizes, now he sees it, as I think many, many do. I think one of the fundamental issues is, I don't think it's a question of pride. I think it's a question that people can actually see how big this lie is. And they're so terrified by the size of the lie that they can't come to terms with it. So rather than confront it, the easier option is, look, I'll just get on with what I can do in my life. And hope it all goes away. Uh, and it'll eventually write itself. Yeah, that's yeah it'll eventually write itself. Yeah, 
That's brilliantly put, John. That's that, that's pretty much bang on, I think, yeah. I can't cope with the enormity of it. I know something is very wrong, but I can't deal with it. Yeah. So I'll bury my head, and next time I put my head up to have a look around, hopefully it'll be gone, yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. It's a stale, it's a stagnation circumstance that people are happy to sit in and go, look, I've got my bills. And I understand that everyone's got their pressures in life, you know, their commitments, their families. But that is literally honey and syrup to the t- to the tyrants. They're like, that's exactly where we want people. You know, it, it, I've seen how people have tried very hard to to sort of get the truth to people, people like yourself and others. You know, look, this is what's going on. Let's talk about it. But there are still a high, I think, a high number of people who are prepared to go. You know what? I'm not going to change the world. It's not my. It's not my problem. I've got my responsibilities. I'll deal with it. And they're not realizing. I mean, James O'Keefe, the guy from uh, what is it? He he has that. You know, who he is. Uh, he's a reporter, an independent reporter in the U.S. He does all these uh, surprise, you know, uh, videos on Pfizer representatives, etc. Excellent ground journalist. And he put it perfectly. He said he had a he had a whistleblower. He spoke to about a year ago from the FBI, and he said to him, look, why is it that they're all going along with this agenda? He said, it's very simple. This whistleblower said, it's the, it's the paycheck and the pension. They get the paycheck and they get the pension, which is, okay, I get it. Some people are, are, are driven in as much as, look, I'm all right, but they're not realizing that that paycheck and pension is not going to be there for your kids. It's the freedoms that you take for granted today are not going to be there for your grandchildren or children. And that their pension probably won't be there for them when the time comes for them to draw it out. It won't be. It yeah. won't be, Rick. It Which is why I've never paid Rick. into one. And I hope I'm not scaring listeners by saying that, but and some of our listeners might be very surprised to hear me say that, a 49-year-old man, I do not have a pension. I do not. Dude. You know, we, we, we spent all, anything we had, we put it into the property and to one or two other assets, but... <coughs> not a pension. John, I'm going to give you the final word because Zephron has been waiting for an hour to get on and I want to get Zephron no, on but okay. I'll give you the final word. It's been uh, great to chat with you, pal. Can I ask you this, John? Um, you mentioned the restaurant. I, I liked that you talked in the present. You said you have a share. So the, so the restaurant survived the oh, yeah. lockdowns and it's still going well. I'm glad to hear that. We're, we're still open. I mean, uh, it's... it's it's been extraordinarily difficult, as it has for everybody in the trade. Uh, still going, you know, everything's gone up in price, as, uh, as 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 it has for everybody I know in, in the business. How we survived, I still to this day don't know. We, I mean, we converted into a takeaway over a weekend. We couldn't have people come even to the door to pick up. We had to go outside. It was just absurd. We talked about that, but. My final comment would be to people, to everybody, is don't give up. You know, don't give up. These people that are, in, that are enforcing these, this, this attempt, it is a coup. It's a coup d'etat. Let's have it straight. This is a coup d'etat in black and white. There's, there's no, I've heard people try to dress up the semantics of, well, maybe they did know, maybe they didn't. Did Boris really want to lock down? Maybe he didn't. Look, whether they did or not, you know, the fact of the matter is they've gone along with it. They did, yeah. And... They have, you know, they're as guilty as, as, as guilty can be. Don't give up people. You know, it's, it's, a, the truth is coming out. There's drips and drips getting into mainstream. I mean, 
we could talk about that on a separate issue, whether they're doing it to appear that they're trying to be transparent. We have a captured media, 100%. I'm talking about mainstream, obviously. But there is hope um, in as much that if, if people will just stop complying to these ridiculous Scotch egg rules, you know, the Scotch egg pint thing. And, and not just Don't around COVID either, around ULEs and, and everything else. John, I'm not cutting you short, but I've only got about five, six minutes with Zephron, who's been waiting for ages. I better get him on. No, Thanks for ahead. connecting, mate. Gonna... I'm and uh, nice that we had a point years ago in the in the Hogan stand, and here we are talking today. You never know what's going to happen from one day to the next. So, all the best and continued success with the restaurant, John. And call in again in the future. Will do, Richie. God bless and God bless to everyone. And you too. Thanks, John. That's John, who's um, near San Pedro in Spain, where we lived for a time during our nine or eight or so years, it was eight or nine, I can't remember, years in Spain. Now, I said I'd get Zephron on because he's been waiting. He has been waiting for a while and we've not got much time left on the programme today. Um, this is the Richie Allen Show, by the way. You probably know that. It's 14 minutes to the top of the hour. Zephron, welcome. How are you? Ah, not bad yourself. I'm really good, mate. Sorry for the delay now. Do you know what it is? Oh, no, you're all right. I normally try and move things along. But I'm in a kind of a chilled kind of a frame of mind today. So I'm just letting people just chat. And I'm sitting back and taking a back seat. So I'm sorry we've only got about seven or eight minutes. But I'm sure you can pack in plenty in that seven or well, eight minutes. You're very welcome, buddy. Go ahead. If this mammy drops a wee puppy in the next few minutes, I'll be off anyway. So we're Is that right? Going. You've got an expectant um, uh, female dog, Aye. have you? You've got puppies on the way, you mad man. Who needs that? We're just sitting watching her on the iPad now. She's in the other room. She's due to go any minute. Fantastic. So, so you've kind of got a nanny cam set up to keep an eye on the dog while she's in labour. Oh, aye, definitely, aye. And what, aye, what, um, just... what breed is she? And how many puppies do you think she'll have? She's an Alapa bulldog. She could have anything for 8 to 12. Jesus. So, oh, she's, look, she's gorgeous. They've got a great nature about her. That's absolutely lovely. Them, but she's a big softy. And tell me this now. Um, I'm going to waste all of your time. And if I do, by the way, I'll get you on. <laughs> I'll get you on first next phone in. I promise. And my my promise is gold. I'm going to waste all your time. We've two females. We didn't have them spayed or the snip, whatever you want to call it. But the reason we didn't do that is not because we want to have puppies. We don't. But um, we just didn't uh, give them the snip. But we, we're watching a programme at the moment on Channel 4 following families around where their animals are having babies or having puppies or whatever. So I'm kind of fascinated by this. Have you homes all lined up now for the pups you have already? Uh, it's, it's, it's my missus that does them really, to be honest with you. So I'm just here kind of, she's at work just now. So right, so you're a baby. I'm just, here, I'm just here covering until she gets back. And um, oh, you know, it's... She she's got a fascination with it. Ah, she loves her dogs. You know, she loves the she loves what she does. So, but somebody's got to do it. And she's a, the, the, when you breed dogs, people give them a bad reputation. Oh, you're farming and all that. But pe people are quick to buy a dog. You know, yeah. These they don't come. You know, it's like if you want to buy a dog, where do you go? You go to a breeder. But yet, on one hand, you want to judge them. So, ah, no. Nah. I don't, no, I don't, I don't, I don't criticise people who breed dogs at no. all. There are some brilliant breeders and they do a great job. Yeah. And when you want a good dog, you need a good breeder. So I've wasted some of your time now, Zephron. It is lovely to chat with you. And let's hope mum has all the puppies and they're all healthy and uh, and ready to go. What would you like to say, pal? You know the way it goes. You're, you're on. It's over to you. Oh, I think it's just about 
I think what's happening is whatever's going on in the world is it's about developing negativity. They want everybody feeling negative and down, and it's like something fishy going on. It's like there's no joy. There's no 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 nothing. Everyone wants to talk about the good things in life, you know. Yeah. When you really think about it, and that's the pattern that's forming. If you looked over the last five years, it's a, it's a constant pattern of negativity. Other people have said this anyway, you know yourself. I think there's an outside influence at hand, to be honest. Explain that. Explain that. What do you mean by that? The outside influence. I hate to say it, but I think it's another species pulling the strings. To be honest, it just doesn't. Something's no adding up. And you think about what's going on about the climate and all that. It's like they want to terraform the place. It's not about. It's this strange, stupid stuff. Because I'm old enough, fifty-eight year old, and I've seen weather bad. I mean, a few winters, but maybe. 10, 15 years ago, we had a winter up in Scotland up here that was about two weeks of thick snow. And it was like minus 15 every night. And now they're talking about climate. Yeah, climate changes naturally. Now, it's a scandal going on of some kind. Do you think there's but, something else going on? And by the way, I'm op- I'm wide open to this outside influence uh, theory. Why not? And this idea of terraforming the planet, again... Why not? Where's the, you know? where's the reason in it, Richie? You know, where's the reason in it? What, what, yeah. what humans going to benefit from it? I said many years ago, I, I'm sick of saying stuff because it ends up being true. Um, I said to people a long time ago, it's like basically you've got this thing, once the technology is there for them, you're no longer required. And that is what's happening. You, the, the robotics is becoming so far, far advanced now. You know, it's like you see videos of some of these machines working, you say, how long? It's not long. It's no long before you're no longer required. Seven billion people get rid of them. They don't need them anymore, you know. They want the place for themselves. I but heard. at the end of the day, some, somebody else wants the place as well. So it's like they say, it's like we seven, seven billion go first and then they'll hurt up the rest and deal with them. It's a lot easier, isn't it? Very, it's it's better than the madness. It's so interesting. Sounds, sounds like madness. It does sound like madness. But to be honest, I think we're living in an asylum. It doesn't. It it doesn't sound like madness to me, and 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 I mean that when I say that. It's. Um, mm. I mean, you're right to talk about the advances in technology and how humans are going to become obsolete, at least in terms of going to work and um, working for the man or working for a company. That's going to become a thing of the past really soon. And people, some people, I think are are labouring under this kind of notion that, well, they'll give everybody a universal basic income and, you know, they'll put people into virtual reality programs to entertain them. But I don't buy that. It would be easier, rather than do that, it would be easier to bump off most of those people that have become obsolete because AI and robots are, are, you know, have taken over their, their jobs and their livelihoods. You know, why give them a universal basic income and why provide entertainment from them? Wouldn't it be they're easier to gonna. just bump them off? They're not going to. You know what? I know, we all know it. They're not going to do that. Look what's happening in Germany now. Nobody wants to talk about that. This is a time for a rising, but nobody's... It's like everybody's... At, you see all over social media, these farmers over there. Where's the people? The farmers are the catalyst. Where's the people? You know what I mean? It's like, okay, they're up there. If they all If they all pull together at once, you know... So, and the, the, this is another good point. So you have this mass movement of farmers in Germany, in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. in Ireland, and look, I'll I tell you, I'm on the phone back a minute. 
yeah, I, I, I'd love to, um, I'd love to have a right go at the farmers, particularly the Irish farmers. I'd love to, because, mm-hmm. you know, because the common agricultural policy of the European Union was always a terrible thing, a terrible thing. And I would have been saying this 25 years ago, you know, farmers getting paid, mm-hmm. subsidised and paid enormous amounts of money not to farm their land. I mean, I could see the problem with this. But that being said, you know, what's done is done. Let bygones be bygones. You're right, it's time to support farmers now. People should be coming out in their legions to support farmers in Europe. But they're not. Yeah. But they're not. That's the point. That's the point. It's like what we've already been, we've already been debating up to now. It's 80% of the population wants it done for them. And that's the 80% of the population that we're taking out. Yeah, we, 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 we just heard from John in San Pedro. Yeah, he, 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 he agrees with you. He's just come back to me mm-hmm. to say he thinks it's a spiritual war that's happening at the moment. And, and maybe if it is, Zephron, maybe if it is a spiritual war, we have to accept that is beyond, even me now, it's beyond even me, the scope to, to understand it. I couldn't even begin to understand what that is and then how you would... How could you deal with that? If it's something that's otherworldly, if it's something that's inner, if it's not outer space, if it's inner space, if it's interdimensional, what the hell can I do about that? And I don't say that now to be silly or to be flippant. I think it's about what, what, what is it people are going to build out? We, we hear a lot of stuff about communities being built up, the alternative communities form. I think it's about that. It's about the ones that are actually a bit more clued up, pulling together. That's a, it's a benefit of your show. It's, it's, it's an opportunity for like-minded, like-minded to get together and start pulling together. As they say, you know, it's like... It's nice, Efron. It's nice to hear what, Dean, what Dean told us, the, the Tarragona mm-hmm. hillbillies. That's nice yeah. where several hundred people could be there mm-hmm. for one another. He said, it was, it was mad, really. It was amazing what he said. He said, there are people there who will help you get clothes if you need some clothes. There are people who could do gardening for you. There are people who could give you a massage if you've got an injury. All of these people just came together sometime before uh, the COVID thing and they're a networking community of good people working to do things for one another. Ultimately, that's where the answer lies. So ultimately, we're talking about coexisting with tyranny, are we? So if I lived somewhere near you, we both know what's going on. So we coexist and leave the tyranny to the tyranny and leave the tyranny to those who want to obey it and we try and coexist alongside it, doing our own thing? Is that... Is I, that spe- is- I, I speculate the next time, the, the next stunt they pull won't work. I don't think so. I've talked. I talked to a lot of people when I'm out and about, moving about and work. Even teachers at the school the other day, they're all like, "Nah, something's not right." Everybody's like, that. "There's people that were sitting there running down to the vaccine centre getting vaccines, and now they're like that. They wouldn't dare touch a shot. There are a few that will, but a lot of them are like that. No, you're all right. No, they don't. They'll, they'll sniff a rat, you know." I asked a, a lot. Of, you know, I asked a lady who I I pick up a an inhaler once every six weeks and, and I asked the lady and she knows I do a radio show so she used to be a bit wary but she knows I'm also a reliable journalist that I wouldn't um, I wouldn't burn a source but I asked the lady who works in a pharmacy I said tell us about tell us about the uptake of the flu jab this winter and tell us about the uptake of the Covid boosters and this lovely lady whose name I can't mention she said to mm-hmm. me it's so, so, so much way down on recent years. 
that they are they have resulted to constantly texting people to get them to come in and it's amazing she told me that because my phone I've got it in my hand here I've mm-hmm. had six or seven messages in the last two weeks asking me to come and get a COVID shot. So that speaks to what you said, Zephron. She said to me that the take-up of the flu and the COVID boosters is incredibly low. It's way, way down on previous years. We've got 25 seconds, so I'm going to give you the final word. I hope the puppies, as I said, are healthy. I hope... Um, I'll send you a picture when they come. Do, mate. Do over the uh, oh, over the WhatsApp, yeah. So final word to you, pal, and thanks for coming on. It was lovely to meet you. Oh, it's nice to meet you too. I've been listening to your show for a couple of years and uh, I think it's fair to say you probably kept me sane somewhat <laughs> and very informative i was watching a vernon a, Ver- a vernon coleman video that said that recommended you and i just sort of checked you out in the, the podcast and oh it's different you know oh you're a good laugh if nothing else <laughs> thanks everyone no it's nice uh, that it no, is no. it is nice it that takes, it, it takes we can laugh at it. Break the monotony of it you know it does so yeah. I'll let you go on anyway, because obviously it's the end of your show. Yeah, you know, just, your tea. just about wrap so, up, mate. Um, thanks, Efron. Good luck with the with the with, with all the puppies and regards to your partner. Who um, who, who it's her it's her business, isn't it? I think you told us that. Thanks, Efron. Thanks to everybody who called in. I really appreciate your calls. That's it for Thursday's Richie Allen Pro Show. I'm way over time. I should be gone by now. Um, I'm next time you'll hear me will be Sunday morning with Sunday morning melodies. Next time. Uh, that Sunday at 10 o'clock UK time a completely different programme and the Richie Allen show is back this coming Monday at 4 o'clock UK time the papers will be online tomorrow morning the papers podcast will be online tomorrow morning alright Jesus yeah I got that in papers tomorrow and then you won't hear from me until Sunday with the melodies and the Richie Allen show is back on Monday have a great weekend thanks again to the callers I call